is the Auto What Podcast. I'm Keegan On, sitting with Rob Attrell, Aman Bashir, and our guest today is Wab Rice, local author, video journalist, and a cool guy. We're really excited to have you on the show. I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Yeah, episode 44. We've made it... Uh... Did I not say that? No, you didn't. <laughs> it's just for clarity for people like, paying times. attention. This is the 44th episode as well. <laughs> Great. And that is my intro. So, Wob, uh, you've listened to a few podcasts. You probably know where I'm taking this, but uh, we're uh, Keegan and I are in competition, yeah. and we have been for a few months now, I Eons. guess. Uh-huh. And uh, what we ask a guest to do is rate the intro. Uh, so, you can give him a number from a scale of 1 to 10. You can give some feedback criticism even mm-hmm. uh and yeah i'm just curious to know what your thoughts are for his intro um i, I won't even give any biases so I'll, just, <laughs> nice. I'll, yeah. Yeah. Let's, I'll do that I, I think i'd give him uh, an 8.5 out of 10 8.5 yeah. and the okay. only deductions for missing uh number 44 i guess yeah. and that's okay. it and that's <laughs> just a, a minor technicality i think that's so true yeah it was true. Uh, it was succinct and yeah. very punchy very energetic and Good i think stuff. it Got the set the pace. Okay, succinct. Awesome. Yeah. No one's ever called me succinct before. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. Okay, okay. This is my new plan. I just bring in ringers. My, <laughs> yeah. my friends. He set this up last week at the gym. It's so. true. His highest scores have come from people he knows personally. That's great. Uh, all right. Uh, yeah. So let's. Uh, we have some beer as well to try for our guests and us. Uh, we Rob, do. What, what beer do we have this so, week? I'm excited this week. When we walked into the LCBO, I saw this right away. Uh, this is a beer from Kitchissippi. It's one of their sort of more specialty beers. It's only available in a few stores in Ottawa, or a few restaurants in Ottawa, bars. And uh, so it's the Heller Highwater beer from Kitchissippi. And uh, now it's available in the LCBO. In okay. Cairns. So uh, uh, this one's a pale, straw-colored Bavarian lager. It's brewed with German noble hops and a genuine Munich yeast. This is a classic example of the session beers enjoyed in Bavarian beer gardens. Which, uh, it's pretty cool. What do you guys think? It's great. It's it's light. It's um, refreshing. It's mm-hmm. yeah. It's an all around beer, like all, a year round beer for me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's kind of yeasty. It reminds me of German beer. So yes, yeah. yeah. I think they I nailed that. it. I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very beer like. We have a lot of we have a lot of stout on this. <laughs> we have a lot of like stout on the show. We had cranberry beer or ginger yeah. beer, but this one is just is like a classic. Yeah, yeah. It's beer stuck out of time. <laughs> it's like you can never go wrong. Yeah, picking this beer. Yeah. There we go, Kitchissippi. Wonderful. <laughs> now, if you want to give us some beer, <laughs> Kitchissippi did give they us did, a yeah, so they're they're awesome. Awesome. Oh, nice. It was very very kind of them. Um. <laughs> um that is great. Uh, so let's get right into it. Wob, how about you tell us, uh, we like to get a bit of background on our guests, maybe kind of where your origin story, so where you're from and kind of what led you to, to where you are today. Okay, I'd be happy to. Well, I'm from a place called uh, Wissoxing First Nation, which is near Perry Sound, Ontario, so oh, yeah. Georgian Bay. Okay. Yeah, it's about a five-hour drive west of here. Sure. So if you just headed up to Renfrew and then went through Algonquin Park, then to Huntsville, uh, yeah, you oh, get, you sense. get to Wissoxing. Uh, yeah, I grew up there, um, on the reserve, um, you know, pretty humble upbringing in a small house with no, uh, power or running water and, uh, like right in the middle of the bush. Wow. Oh, so wow. yeah, it was pretty cool to, to, to come from that, to tell you the truth. Um, and, uh, yeah, went, went to high school, uh, in a place called Rosso and then in Perry Sound, uh, to finish up there. And, uh. I went to Toronto to study at Ryerson University uh, for for journalism. I was in Toronto for about four years after that, so about eight years altogether. Yeah. Uh, along the way, I started working in the field in, in TV journalism, uh, and eventually got a job with CBC in Winnipeg. Ended up there for about four years, and then uh, got a little homesick, wanted to come back to Ontario. <laughs> sure. You know, Winnipeg was great. I, I really enjoyed my time out there, but, uh, you know, I didn't have any roots there. You know, even though I was... I was pretty welcomed by the uh, Aboriginal community with, with pretty open arms. And it was, I met some really awesome people out there. But, you know, it just wasn't home for me. Eh? So um, I decided to try to make my way back here. And uh, I ended up in Toronto for a few months working at CBC there. And then a job opened up here at CBC Ottawa. So I've been here in Ottawa since uh, since the fall of 2010. So about four and a half years. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
How how does Ottawa compare to working at CBC in Toronto and Winnipeg? It's uh, like working in the news specifically. It's way different. Yeah, uh, yeah. Ottawa is a, a pretty safe city. It's pretty clean. Sure. Um, there's not a lot of bad stuff that goes on here. If you mm-hmm. think about it, you know, yeah, compared yeah. to a city like sure. Toronto or Winnipeg, right? right? So just working the news uh, routine is yeah, it's kind of like night and day because you know. There is a higher crime rate in Winnipeg and even in Toronto too. And Toronto's just like a massive beast in <laughs> yeah, yeah. In, in itself, right? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, here you know there isn't a lot of um, you know crazy news like in a place like Toronto or Winnipeg. Sure. But it's, it's good because there uh, there's a really strong sense of community here, and this the city itself is growing. Um, you know, in a pretty interesting way, right? Sure. So you, you have to sort of find the stories in that uh, when you're working in the news as a journalist. Yep. So that can be a challenge, but it can also be fun because it's how you meet other people in, in the city you live in. And it's how you really get to know it and how you really understand it. And uh, yeah, so for me, uh, I felt uh, I felt at home here pretty pretty soon after I moved here. Sure, that's great. So. Uh, do, you, do you focus on a certain type of news? No, not not really. I mean, I'm, I'm a video journalist, so what, what that is, is just it's just like a fancy made up word for <laughs> for uh, a journalist that does kind of everything in one like yeah. uh, like I do all my own shooting and all my own editing for, oh, for my TV stories wow. yeah so so it's a grind and there are a lot of technical skills involved in that but it's fun it's you know to be able to go out uh, to get in you know starting your day and be assigned a story that's just an idea at some point yeah. and to make it into like a two minute news story at the end of the day it's, it's right. a pretty interesting process sure so um so are, are you ever in front of the camera or yeah yeah i'm really? in front of the so camera you do you do both yeah yeah really? I do it all. yeah so huh. it's uh yeah and that, that was a funny point in coming from winnipeg back to here like when i started at cbc out there i was i was just a reporter right like in, in quotes just, like, yeah, yeah. I, I would go out with a i go with a camera operator and then i'd come back and work with an editor to to do my story right. but uh when i started making my way back here i noticed that most of the jobs here were vj positions like video journalist positions right. so you know i learned how to shoot and edit while i was in, at school but i hadn't really used it in a profess professional way sure so i needed to have like specific cbc training to to do that and um it was fun it, it was cool um it changes the way you work like it as a reporter it's sort of you develop a new set of eyes and uh new strategies to to, to how you do stories basically eh? so, right so yeah um and it's all mostly about time management actually like setting certain yeah. certain deadlines for yourself throughout the day like, if I get assigned something, it's like, okay, I should be out the door by this time, and I should, you know, have all my shooting done by this time, and then right. do all my screening by this time, and then do my writing by this time, and then my editing by this particular time so that I can go to air, right? Yeah, so, right. Yeah. so yeah, it's, I mean, it's a grind, but, like, it's it's never boring. Um, it's, uh, the days always go by just like that. Sure. And uh, as, I, as I was saying earlier, it's, it's the best way to get to know a city and a community because, you know, you meet new people every day. You learn a lot of things. It's funny because when, uh, when I first moved here, my, one of my brothers lived here at the time. And, uh, yeah, he, he had been living here for like eight years because he went to university here as well. And, um, yeah, within like a month, I was like driving all over the place knowing where everything was. And he's like, man, I, I don't even know where the hell we're going. Like, <laughs> It's it pretty hilarious. So. Yeah, that happens in Ottawa for some reason. I know a lot of people that will that that have been here, lived here their entire lives, and don't really know what's what. And then I, I can come in here and I know where stuff is, and I've only been here for eight years. So. Yeah, yeah. It's strange. I don't. The city is weird that way. Yeah, and it's such yeah. a, like a spread out city. Too, yeah, right? well, that's yeah. the thing too. Yeah, I uh, I always find it interesting, uh, and, and maybe it's just because I. I always like to know where North, East, West, South yeah. is yeah. and, and just the amount of people who, who just don't know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, where, where's North? I'm like, yeah, and especially like where we are right now in Centertown. I'm like, just look at Parliament. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's interesting. The sun's setting over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah that too. That too. And that's a more obvious one, obviously. But uh, uh, so when you're saying that you did a lot of uh, work around and, and got to really know the city, do any interesting stories about Ottawa come to mind? Um, I think they're the ones that stick out the most are probably the the bigger event ones, right? Like obviously <clears throat> the shooting last fall uh, yeah, on, on War Memorial. Um, yes. The you know the bus and train crash down in Barhaven. Yeah, like, right, yeah. Um, not not that they're memorable, obviously in in a good way, yeah, but no. you know th- those are sort of milestones in my time here, right? Yeah, like, sure. I, you know, you yeah, just, iconic. Yeah, yeah iconic. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think every, I think yeah. everybody who lives here can relate to that. Yeah. But I mean. Yes. 
<clears throat> when you're doing it for the news, uh, you have a certain responsibility to really go out and try to understand what's going on because it's up to you to convey that to everybody else, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. right. So there's some pressure there, but it's also like a, there's some honor there as well. Like I, I feel a great privilege in having that sort of responsibility. Especially now with social media, because we got to tweet stuff out and right. put it on Facebook oh, yeah. and all that. So it's like, right. I better know what the hell is going on before I press, you know, send yeah. or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, like it's it's more more or less the stories like that that really stick out. But for me, being able to, like, from a personal standpoint, and and obviously reflecting from my background, like to be able to highlight some of the people that are doing good things in the indigenous community here is is good because you know it's it's a pretty it's a growing community and there's some really interesting things going on here. So if, if there's any sort of story that I advocate for, it's, it's those, those yeah. stories from that community specifically, because, you know, there, there's a, a big divide between native people and, and the media. And I think there's some work that needs to happen there to really raise awareness and teach others in the community about what some of the issues and some of the history are. Right. right. Sure. Yeah. And I think media can play an important role in that. So that's what I try to do whenever I do have the opportunity. Like first and foremost, my obligation is to the news and to what's going on here. Right. But right. if I do have an opportunity to do like features or anything, you know, sort of like lighter on the lighter side, yeah. um, my bosses are usually pretty cool with letting me do those kinds of yeah. stories. So, right. so it's cool. I, and you know, I, I credit CBC with, sort of having that dedication and that sort of that resolve to make sure that not not just the Aboriginal community that they tell that story properly, but every other community in, in right. the city, right? Because it's a pretty diverse place and yeah. you yeah. know, it's only getting more diverse and you know, the history that's being created here really has to we all have to share in it. Yeah. In a lot of ways. Oh, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Do you so you get a say in some of the stories you cover or do you sort of discuss with uh with upper management or people above you and they They'll send you on stories you want to do. Well, I, no, I don't have a say, but I can pitch stories. Okay. So, uh, you know, I'll say, hey, there's this cool event going on or this person is doing this type of thing. Like, for example, on Friday, um, there's a story about uh, these uh, two Inuit girls who had gone over to Tanzania on an exchange. You know, they're yeah. from Canada, from the north of, of the land, right? Okay. And uh, they'd never been done anything like that before. And it was just... It was like a lighter story. It's obviously not hard-hitting news or anything, sure, but, sure. you know, it, I just did a story about how it opened their eyes to the world and to travel and all that, and how it was this cool cultural exchange between, you know, people from the north and people from Tanzania and that kind of thing. So right. so I can pitch something like that, and those will usually um, cut, fall into place whenever there there isn't a need for me to do, like, something more hard-hitting or some actual news i guess you could say right. you know? so so yeah i can pitch those stories i don't have a say in what i get right ultimately there are producers above me who say yeah. okay you can do that or we want you to do this story instead right and yeah. so on but the producers tend to be a bit more receptive to some of the ideas at the very least. oh yeah absolutely right. absolutely yeah, that, that, that's really good yeah cool i'm really interested in where how you're hooked in to to ottawa like when we do we have a little new segment we do here and i just go ottawa citizen cbc and i kind of copy paste stuff but obviously you can't do that. So where where do you get, where are your sources from or what are you kind of hooked into? What's your ear, ear on the ground, you know, in, in the city? You know what, man? Like probably Facebook. Yeah? Yeah, it's oh. weird to say, but oh. like just how I, you know, it's how I maintain a closer connection with either that's, that community specifically, like the indigenous community, but mm-hmm. everything else, you know, like. I can't, I can't uh, count how many stories I've pitched because of things I've seen on Facebook. Right, yeah. yeah. It's wild, and I mean, there's there's a lot of BS on Facebook, obviously. Yeah, sure, and yeah. We all we all know it, the yeah. the trials and tribulations of Facebook and yeah. how annoying it can be. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a pretty pretty crucial resource to really understanding what's going on around you yeah. because people just you know people will put out garbage about you know how they feel about the, the hot dog they got over at Bank of Laurier <laughs> sure. or whatever, but all, they'll also say you know yeah here's another crazy thing that happened to me over in overbrook or something like that and you know that's how we i guess keep a well it's how i really keep my finger in the pulse in a lot of ways that makes sense yeah, yeah. that's super cool so so is that just among you know friends or do you make a point to grow your facebook network or your social media network no that's like my social my facebook network is mostly people i know okay like, yeah. yeah personally sure. um but then there's twitter too which helps in a right, lot of ways yeah. too yeah. that's fair so okay so twitter yeah my twitter network's a lot bigger than my facebook one sure 
Um, with that said, I, I, I don't find it as reliable for some reason. Twitter. Huh. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Well, in terms of like getting those stories, I guess. Yeah. Sure. It's faster, but maybe not as reliable. Yeah, exactly. Long term. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That means too concise. You know? <laughs> yeah. You yeah, can't put a that. whole story in a tweet. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Sure. That's good, good, do you, good analysis. Do you have any uh, relationships uh, or, or, I mean, obviously when there's a new story like a, and a major news story, there are other outlets that are covering the same story. So is there any you know relationship between when you're trying to cover the story and somebody else might be around as well? Like, do you find that different networks are typically supportive of each other or is it more, you know, back off, let me do my thing? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. I think if everybody's in the same place and everybody is going for the same thing. Yeah. So if, if I'm there and I'm doing an interview with somebody, like a witness at a scene, then I notice the CTV or global crew there, like... Of course, they're going to come and interview the same person as well. It's just, it's yeah. fair game, obviously, right? Sure. Um, I, I guess where competition comes in is where you have maybe exclusive information or some kind of scoop or, or something like that. Yeah. You want to hold your cards a little closer to the chest. Sure. And that's when you don't put things on Facebook or Twitter, right? right. Like, say, yeah. if you, you know, um, yeah, if you have like a, a witness interview, but you don't want to tweet it out yet because they might be able to go find that person yeah. or yeah. track them down right. too, so. Right. So you so, want to bring something unique to the table. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. You, I think that's, uh, yeah, I think that's always the goal in, in, in journalism is to have original journalism, right? Something sure. unique that's, and, and I, I guess what it does is prove to the audience that, that you are connected and that, uh, you know, you are reflecting what's going on in the community and yeah. in an effective way, I guess. Cool. So, uh, when you say going back a bit to the video journalism, when you say I, I do everything now, does that mean that you take a ca- like you put the camera on your shoulder, you go and set it up on a tripod, and then you like there, there's nobody else with you? It's no. just you. Yeah, I'm a that's, that's really cool. Lone wolf, lone wolf. Yeah, it's funny because uh, sometimes I'll be out there and um, like sh- shooting my own interviews and all that. That that's no problem. Like right. it's, it's it's easy. I've done been doing it for years now, and uh, getting all the the other footage, like the B roll, so to speak, yeah. Yeah. it's all fun because I, I love shooting. It's it's great. But the only thing I don't like doing is shooting, putting myself on because <laughs> I can't see it, right? Like right. I'm setting up this camera. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. I do have a little monitor that I can turn around so I can sort of see where I'm framed in it. Yeah, kind sure. of. But it's funny because this happens at least once a week. I'll be set up on like the side of the street. You know, I'll set it all up. Then I'll walk around and start talking to the camera. And it never fails. At least once a week, someone will come by and say, you have to do that yourself. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like if most people bizarre. are. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it is bizarre. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, yeah, that's, you know, I mean, I, I don't mind saying that I don't like doing that because it's, it's weird to put yourself on camera when you can't exactly yeah. see what's going on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that makes sense. Uh, has it been like that a long time or, or is it because uh, of recent cuts or something? Or? It's, it, I think it depends on the CBC region. Um, okay. Like in Winnipeg, when I worked there, there, were, there was maybe only one or two VJs. Everybody else was a reporter who went out with a camera person. Oh. Right. But here in Ottawa, it's mostly VJs. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I I don't know why, but I think I would have thought it would be the reverse. Yeah, yeah. Right? I, I, and you know what? I don't I don't know what uh, I don't know how that works either. Well, maybe they're spread thin in Ottawa. I mean, it's hard yeah. to tell. But uh, yeah. anyway, that's interesting. Yeah. When you're recording, do you find people um, trying to interrupt your <laughs> your uh, reporting? Yes, sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> but it's never happened when I've been live. Like knock on wood. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, yeah, there's some nightmare stories that you see on the yeah. internet these days of yeah morons going up and saying rude things and <laughs> yeah. stuff like yeah, that. There's so, a weird trend of that going on. Yeah, yeah. It's, past uh, year. it's dumb. Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I'm with you. So yeah. does that, you, you mentioned going live. Is that like you're literally live to air? Does that? Yeah, that usually. Happen? And usually what that is, it's just like a live intro yeah. to, to the story that I've packaged right. already. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. So that's cool. It's usually only like yeah. a 15, 20 second sort of pop, yeah. right? Okay. Right. Sure. So that's, that's work. How about leisure? What do, you, Leisure. what do you like to do for, for fun when you're not out uh, filming yourself? Uh, I like, uh, I like obviously, uh, I'm into a lot of sports and recreation. Um, uh-huh. the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, as you know, Keegan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is that how you guys know each other? We trained together. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and uh, just other community events going on. Like in, in the Aboriginal community, there are like a lot of powwows and, you know, mm-hmm. other sort of community gatherings that I go to quite a bit. Uh, live music from time to time okay. and just, uh, I don't know. I just like being outside in Ottawa, mm-hmm. you know, even in the winter time, it's just, yeah. it's a nice city to be, 
just, you know, walking around in and checking out the canal or, yeah. or wherever else. So, right. sure. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice city. I really like it here. What kind of you, you look like you know what you're a type of person who would know a oh, cool a cool <laughs> band. You know any cool sure. Ottawa band? I, I don't know, man. I'm getting kind of old, so I might, I might be out of touch by now. I'm like that episode of The Simpsons where Principal Skinner walks up to the 4-H club and he's like, "Yeah, am I that out of touch?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, starting, I'm starting to feel like Principal Skinner now. But, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I still try to. I mean, yeah. I, I go I go out to shows here and there. But uh, you have a genre that you, that you enjoy? I'm mostly like uh, hard rock and heavy metal. Cool. I like a lot oh. of rap, um, but. Uh, my my brother who lived here, who I mentioned earlier, he he was in a metal band, so I know a lot of the guys in the metal community here. But I think Amana, as you were saying earlier, like it's a lot a lot of people in these community in these little sub cultures, like really stick together and support each other, right? Sure. So yeah. so at these metal shows, it's like a lot of the same people. But it's cool yeah. because they'll go, you know, like even though they've seen a particular band like five or ten times in the past two years they'll still go out and support it right yeah, so which right. Is great, i think i think a lot of the scenes in ottawa are like that from what i understand yeah that's i've heard that which too. is good i mean you, you gotta support it and i guess in one thing i've observed in you know is that ottawa sort of plays second or third fiddle a lot to toronto and montreal when yeah. it comes to like shows yeah. like it gets passed over quite a bit right yeah. yeah and i think people are trying to work hard to really um i guess put ottawa on the map in in, in a lot of ways so, yeah. so it's cool. Yeah, I mean, the, like the scene here is great because people mm-hmm. go out to shows. Yeah, whenever they get them, which is awesome. Okay, cool. Yeah. How about we uh, we do our own news segment? We, we do show, show up our, our news skills. <laughs> no pressure, Amon. Uh, <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not doing it this week. Yeah, that's it. I, I didn't even think about this until you mentioned it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, our new segment it's called Classic Ottawa, and. Um, I think, yeah, this is all Ottawa news. We, we sometimes go a bit further than Ottawa, but uh, yeah, so here are a few stories in the news. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but uh, there were, uh, last Saturday, there were hundreds of people that were gathered near Parliament to protest Bill C-51, the, uh, that's the anti-terrorism bill that would grant greater powers to the RCMP and CSIS, and the issue right now is uh, the, the little oversight um, that's what they're really concerned about. So, yeah, there were hundreds of people. In a strange coincidence, the same hundred people returned home to find that all of their computers had been confiscated. <laughs> uh, the city of Ottawa announced this week that the use of e-cigarettes and vaping is not permitted on buses, in parks, and on other municipal properties. When asked about the reasons for the ban, officials stated... We're just trying very hard to make Ottawa look less douchey. <laughs> I, I, I hope we don't have an that. e-cigarette. Yeah, e-cigarettes? On, on buses. I don't know how people... Like, it's still... They're blowing smoke. Everyone, everyone that smokes it's, e-cigarettes says, Oh, there's no smoke. But you can see it. Well, it's, it's not it's, the same kind of smoke. No, it's not the it's same. Vapor, but it's still, yeah, it's it is vapor, weird. but it's, it's, it's something else. And it's, it's, it's a really weird thing in Canada yeah, right now. Because yeah. Health Canada hasn't officially approved it for sale. Yeah. So you can't sell e-cigarettes with the cartridge inside that's illegal but you can buy the module i guess and you can buy the cartridge and that's like do whatever you want (laughs) (laughs) together (laughs) so yeah it's a really weird thing but uh anyway banned uh in public places i guess in ottawa um convicted cyber bully robert campbell could face up to eight years in prison for social media fraud harassment, and the defamation of 38 people. We here at Ottawa feel that this isn't a strong enough sentence and suggest instead that Mr. Campbell print every message sent to his victims and be asked to literally eat his own words. (laughs) (laughs) Does he have to, like, write them out, or is that printing on... Well, I like the idea of having to go through, like... you know, writing lines. When you're young, exactly, having lines. So you have lines, and you have to eat it. Or he has those block letters that you get when you're a baby and he has to spell them all out. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But have you guys tasted printer ink, though? That's pretty gross. I, I really thought you were going to go the other way there and say it's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> you're a weird guy, Keegan. Um, three children at uh, Manatech Public School discovered debris in their drinks while participating in a recent smoothie day. Now I wonder why I didn't use that excuse when they served me vegetables in school. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Green here. 
And finally, the Carlton Ravens won their fifth consecutive CIS title Sunday night, while the Ottawa GGs won their fifth mer- worst mascot name ever award. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's the news. Thanks so much. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, what is a GG anyway? Yeah, it's a horse. It's a, a crazy it's a, horse. It's the lead horse. <laughs> it's yeah, exactly. Sorry. It's the lead horse in a race. I feel uh, like if, yeah. if it prompts a question, if your mascot name prompts a question every time you say well, it, yeah. it's probably not a good name. It prompts the question and it prompts a fight song. <laughs> yeah. So and, and that's the thing. It's part of you Ottawa's uh, uh, fight song, but it's it's a double whammy because it's it's a GG, which yeah. is the first horse. And the second thing is that their colors are garnet and gray. So G and G. G, G. So uh, okay. it's a double way. I did not know that. Yeah. As they call it. But that's it. You that's know, all I learned in university. And now yeah. <laughs> right from Flash Week and you keep on hearing it. <laughs> it would have been wise of me to ask before we did that segment my next question uh, for Wob, which is oh. what are some common uh, pitfalls that young journalists can avoid? Or do you have any pet peeves that you see other journalists do? Hmm. Any bad habits that we could we could uh, use for the future? <laughs> bad habits. Uh, well, I guess um, you know, talking about social media's impact. You know, there is, there's like a race to tweet every single day, right? Right. No matter what's going on, somebody wants to tweet first. What's yeah. you know what's like on the scene or what detail that they got that they think nobody else has. Mm-hmm. And I think that leads to a lot of misinformation. Yeah. Because, of course, anything can be retweeted like a hundred times within a couple minutes, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think because, you know, it's still in its infancy, the, like the, the influence of social media on mainstream media and like general news, I guess, uh, it will work itself out. But I guess... I guess I'd maybe tell young journalists to like dial it back a little bit and just make sure they know what's going on before they, you know, are are too eager to tweet or, yeah. or yeah, that's fair. Share something on Facebook or anything tweet like responsibly. that. Tweet responsibly. Tweet <laughs> responsibly. There you go. Thank you, Keegan. Yeah. And and that that makes a lot of sense. Uh, and I'm I'm thinking back to the shooting again. Yeah. And there were a few inaccurate tweets. Oh, yeah. and, and people hold journalists, I think, to a, to a higher standard yeah. as well, right? Because I mean. That's where you're getting your legitimate news from. Yeah. yeah. So I, I get that. So when when you know the idea came out that there were two or three yeah. shooters, yeah. And you know we had reputable news sources saying that as well. And then you know I mean I I could tell I forget who it was and I forget what network, but one person made a, a comment that that just seemed completely off the cuff and got a lot of backlash for it. And I don't remember exactly the nature of the comment, but it I mean it was just something in the heat of the moment, yeah. and that just it. Given that time, it, it just yeah. threw everything off, right? Yeah, and I think that's the perfect example because as a journalist, it's your responsibility <laughs> to have the proper information, right? right. Yeah, right. And uh, yeah, you can't just you know go gung ho with any innuendo or rumor that you have in your the, yeah. that's been floated your way, I guess. Eh? Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because I remember like when I came into work that day, you know that's what that's what the first person who came up to me told me was, yeah, we heard you know this. The soldier got shot, and there's another shooter in Parliament Hill, yeah. and, in, in Parliament, I mean, and then another shooter took off, yeah. you know, in a car. Yeah. And it's like, oh. well, that, that's it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So walking through it, almost in order that I heard, there was one in Parliament, there was one on a roof of a building yeah. Uh, yeah. At, at, at O'Connor and, and Laurie, I think it was. There was one at the Rideau Center, and then there was one who drove off in a car. Mm-hmm. So, oh, and, and I don't know, they, they might have doubled up somewhere. But, uh, yeah, anyway, it's, it's, it's interesting in, in that in the end. Right yeah. away, actually, there, there were some people who I respected right away. They're like, just keep in mind that most times is, there's just one shooter. Yeah. Right? Like, let's let's tone it down right yeah. now. And, yeah. and, 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 and anyway, I mean, that's the difference between probably, it, I'm, I'm just assuming here, but an experienced journalist versus somebody who... Um, Almost has chaos from their news feed. Yeah. And trying to pick out which yeah. one to read. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's and I think I, I mean it's easier for me to say that because I have less pressure to tweet because to tweet because I'm shooting most of the time, yeah. and then yeah. I'll you know tweet after that or report after that, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess I don't have that uh, you know on my shoulder all the time to have to get all that information out there. That so, makes sense. but yeah, I mean it's it is it is tough to see because yeah. as soon as it's out there, then that's what people. Take as the gospel, you know. Yeah, so it's hard to think back. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, th- this uh, this actually leads me to another interesting question that I, that I think is maybe right up your alley. So, um, 
speaking of that day, right away within about an hour or so, we got what they were calling, I forget if it was CBC that had it, but we had, they had raw video inside Parliament while there was shooting yes. going on. Yeah. Um, and so with the internet getting faster and better and have everyone having phones with cameras that can put stuff on the internet, what do you think of that trend of people? I've seen it more and more often now, yeah. and just raw video being put up. So like a 10 or 30 second clip mm-hmm. unedited. They're just saying we have video, like it's not put together. It's not edited. It's just thrown up there. What do you think about that trend? Is there, I think there's some, some use for it, obviously. Um, you know, you have to be responsible with it to make sure you're not showing anything graphic or, or offensive or anything, but, uh, yeah, with that particular video, I think it was Globe and Mail that had that, but everybody else put it out, like CBC put it out and, um, so yeah, you can hear gunshots in that video. Uh, it's, it's alarming. It's crazy, but I mean, it's, yeah, I guess it's what people want to see. Um, and with, with, with our phones, like we're going to be, I'm sure we're going to be like cutting our own stories on this, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. pretty soon, like sure. going out to a fire or some, some sort of scene and then just doing a couple quick interviews and then cutting some visuals together and then sending it to, to the web right away. Yeah, I think we'll, I think we'll be seeing a lot more of that and it's good in terms of people who need the immediate information or just, you know, getting it out there and getting people to look at the website and people to follow your Twitter and your Facebook and all that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, as, as mentioned, it has to be done in a responsible way, I think. Yeah. And, uh, that makes but sense. yeah, I, I think it's good. I think that's what people want to see. They sure. want to see some, mm-hmm. some crazy video here and there. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. It seems like those are the ones that, I mean, if, if it's an amateur that shoots it, it goes viral. Like those tend yeah, to be right. the short clips. Yeah. Nobody's done any editing to them. It's just, yeah. this happened. And yeah. Here it is. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Switching gears a bit, um, where did you say you're, you're originally from? What was the name of the reserve near? Let's go Wisoxing. 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 Yeah. Okay, I, I can't say that. Ojibwe is a hard language. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> uh, are there many uh, reserves in the Perry Sound area? Yeah, 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 there are a lot actually. Okay. There are five right around Perry Sound. Yeah. So, and they all go to all the kids go to Perry Sound High School. So. <laughs> It's a big high school. Um, when I was going there, there, there were probably about 1,200 students. And sure. I'd say maybe uh, maybe a quarter were yeah. Indigenous, Aboriginal. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting place in terms of, you know, having that sort of relationship between Indigenous and non-Indigenous cultures. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not, it hasn't always been great. There's been tension for a long time, too. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a pretty good level of understanding there. That makes sense. Um, and it's, it's like, it's, I guess, central Ontario. You wouldn't really call that northern Ontario. It's, it's only about a two hour drive north of Toronto. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's not quite the boonies, but <laughs> sure. if you ask anybody from Toronto, yeah, it is. <laughs> it yeah. is. This yeah. will be a Caliwit if, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all the same. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm a from a place called Elliot Lake, Ontario. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, so you know Elliot yeah, Lake yeah. Uh, and Serpent River, Cutler, they're yeah. in that general area. And they bust up to Elliot Lake yeah. and they went to, to our high school. And what I found interesting, I, at least when I started high school, and, and uh, actually one of my, still one of my, a, dec- a decent friend of mine, but I was really good friends with this guy in high school, and uh, we used to hang out all the time. So sitting at, you know, it, it's interesting thinking back to, it's, it's almost like a mean girl situation where everybody has their table or whatever. Yeah. And I, sitting with, with my, my, my buddy Mike here, we, um, we, we used to talk about this, how for whatever reason, I noticed that those who came from Cutler and, and Massey or wherever else, they they, they didn't seem as, as, as integrated into the school mm-hmm. or into the clubs or whatever. And, uh, and and it became a bit of an issue that he he started up his own little almost club of sorts to really just get people to be a bit more engaged in the school, mm-hmm. because it, it, which was a great initiative in itself. But I was just wondering if that's common. I'm not sure if it was just unique to Elliott Lake or if that's something you saw at Perry Sound, for example, in that uh, for whatever reason, you know, the inter- you, you don't see you don't see the same level of integration as you would. I mean, obviously, being the only brown guy from Elliott Lake, for example, <laughs> you know, I, I obviously had, yeah. I, I had no issue there. But no, do you, do you notice some of that? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was like that, like when I was in high school in the 1990s, it was exactly like that, you know, yeah. like in front of the school where everybody smoked, the, all the native kids were on one end and yeah. all the, you know, white kids were on the other end, Same right? Thing, and yeah. there was just never much integration there mm-hmm. at all. Right. Um, now, like I go back to my high school because I do like presentations there about, you know, my job and things like that. 
uh, it's cool because most of the signs in the high school are all bilingual in English and Ojibwe. Oh, oh that's cool. really cool. So yeah. when I compare that to like 20 years ago when I was in high school, it's like almost like night and day. Yeah. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible to see. Sure. But to go back to that segregation, like there's, it, it's sort of like a microcosm of the Canadian experience when it comes to indigenous people, right? Yeah. Because it, at Perry Sound High School, the kids who were from the reserves, could only uh, take vocational classes. Like they couldn't take any of the the humanities or any oh. of the the arts classes or anything like that. Okay. So they were they were immediately segregated to begin with. Right. right. Yeah. Much like like a reserve system. Well, you know? that's the thing. So yeah. and then there's all kinds of the, like that history of colonialism and assimilation plays into that as well. You know where you you don't feel like you're part of a community. You right. know, you, you mm-hmm. always feel like an outsider and that. You can only inhabit this space that's been created for you, right? right? By the by the authorities. Right. So that that was created in Paris on high school. And I don't I can't speak for your high school, but I mean I think that mentality of being an outsider really it trickles down like from yeah. generation to generation. And that it, makes sense. And, and it's a really hard thing, I think, for a lot of kids to 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 reconcile in order to move forward because you know, if you're coming into a place where you may not feel welcome to begin with, then you know, all all the, the decks stacked against you basically. Well, that right. Makes sense. So mm-hmm. I mean, and in like initiatives that I just mentioned, like having, you know, bilingual science in my school, it goes a long way because, yes. you know, it makes it an inclusive, safe space for, for kids who may not know, still may not know where they belong sure. in Canada. That makes sense. Yeah. So, so because of that, you're seeing some level of improvement. Like, I, I Oh, yeah. Think, uh, that makes sense. We, we, yeah, which is great now. Yeah, um, it's great. But I think, I think that's, that's pretty common. I think yeah. at, at any high school that has a, like Aboriginal communities around it, I think that's probably... That makes sense. Yeah. Pretty uh, the history, I guess, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the other thing that that I, I used to talk about with my, my, again Mike all the time is is uh, sort of his perception of the quality of life that he saw in a reserve at, uh, versus what he might have seen, you know, if, if in Elite Lake, for example. Mm-hmm. Can you speak to some of the differences that you're noticing, you know, when you were living uh, in? I can't pronounce it. Oh, Wisoxing? <laughs> well, Wisoxing? Yeah. Am I saying that right? No. Close. No. Wisoxing. Yeah. 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 Well, I can't. Nice. I'm getting it. I need to see it written. Is yeah. that's the idea. Wisoxing? Wisoxing, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Show off. Close Damn. on. Uh, Don't worry. Okay. Don't sweat it. So do you notice, uh, do you notice a difference uh, or, or, or like after you left and going back, were there some things that saw it kind of like, you know, a light bulb kind of went on and was like, you know, why is it like this, for example, or 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 were, were were you happy with sort of the environment that you saw? That's a good question. Yeah, it's, uh, I, I know it's a, it's sort of a no, a, no, no. Be, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, I think it, it it all comes back to history too, though. Uh, you know, my community is is on an island that's traditionally uh, my ancestors would only visit once in a while. Sure. You know, in the summertime. They go there out there to do some hunting or, or some fishing, right? Sure. Mm-hmm. Because they're nomadic. They never settled anywhere. Yeah. But where Perry Sound is now, that was one of the, you know, main sort of gathering spots for the spring and summer months. Right. But, you know, through the whole treaty process and the whole settlement of, of that part of Canada, you know, that became Perry Sound. Yeah. So obviously, you know, my ancestors couldn't live there anymore. So they were forced out onto this island, right? right. And they couldn't live anywhere else. That's right. where they had to live. That was reserved for them, right? Sure. This This island. Uh, so yeah, that, and that only happened like 150 years ago, like yeah. six or seven generations, right? right? Like not long at all. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's going to have an impact on people who had their livelihoods essentially taken from them and were forced to adopt this new way of life that they didn't really want at all, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, like a lot of problems arise from that and, you know, a lot of issues sort of become ingrained within the community. Sure. And I think it takes, it takes a while for, you know, not necessarily people to get over that, but for people to to understand why they feel the way they do, right? Sure. And to why their certain problems persist in in certain communities. So, like the, I mean, there were the stereotypical problems in my community, like uh, you know, poverty and, and alcohol abuse and things like that, and in tragedy, right? Like you know, a lot of young people died way too way too early. Um, but like going. When I was a young kid, I never understood any of that stuff at all. Like when I was growing up in the 80s, um, you know, we didn't have powwows or or ceremonies or anything like that, right? And it was because of that disconnect. And and even though not a lot of people from my community went to residential school, 
there's still the Indian Act, right? Like yeah. up until like the, the 50s or 60s, it was illegal to, you know, have ceremonies and to wear your traditional clothing and that kind of thing. So that had a huge impact on people. You know, they were ashamed of their background. Mm-hmm. So because of that, that's why when I was growing up in the 80s, like I didn't see any of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know, being Ojibwe didn't really register with me. I didn't really know what it meant until those things started coming back. Like people started rediscovering right. them again. Sure. So it's, it's only really been like a, like a 30 year process at this point of people reclaiming the culture in my community anyway. Wow. And it gets, it gets better like every year. No, like I, I notice it, like I go back pretty regularly, like, like at least once a month. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're, they're people who are proud of it again. Right. Sure. Like it was, it's interesting because, you know, when we were kids, like the, my generation, the older people never really spoke Ojibwe to us. Like, right. Because they thought it was a useless language. They thought, you know, we, we wouldn't need it. And they were ashamed of it. Like, they spoke it with each other. So that's how I remember hearing it. But, like, I never really learned it properly because nobody spoke it to me. Right. With, with the intention of keeping it alive. Sure. So. That's interesting. Yeah. But now, like, it, you know, all the, all the young kids, they, they think it's cool. They think Ojibwe yeah. is cool. And, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. In some ways, I guess it's like their secret language, you know. Right. And, yeah, uh, yeah they're, they're enthusiastic about it. And, like, I see my younger cousins, like chatting with each other on, on Facebook in Ojibwe, which is, which is pretty awesome. That's great. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like, when you're young, I don't think you really understand no, no, what that is, but, uh, that's yeah. Okay, that's interesting. And yeah, it's interesting that uh, you're, you're speaking about it, you know, in terms of how recent it is, too, because I think, like, I mean, even just in having the conversation right now, I, that's something I, I lost sight of, in yeah. that how much can you expect to change in such a short mm-hmm. period of time yeah. when, you know, you consider the, the recent history, yeah. which, uh, which is obviously unfortunate, but it's, it's mm-hmm. great to see that, that things are, are improving to some level. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking to some of these things you wrote, uh, in your first book, which I believe were a series of short stories. Yeah. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you touched on some of this. Yeah, I did. Yeah. And uh, I think that book was mostly inspired by those experiences. Okay. Uh, yeah. Most of those stories originated from like my teenage years, uh, I, I wrote in my free time just as a creative outlet, just to, something fun to do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I would write short stories when I get home from school, um, just about some of the things I saw going on around me, like some of the funny things that I, by that point I had a, a certain level of awareness that, you know, reserve life is unique in Canada and that uh, there are issues here that don't exist anywhere else. So I thought it was kind of not necessarily fun, but it was challenging to, to try to document that by writing, mm-hmm. writing those stories out. Um sure. So yeah, that's where I drew a lot of my inspiration for that book, and then what was the name of that book again? Sorry? Midnight Sweat Lodge. That's right. Yeah. Midnight Sweat Lodge. Midnight yeah. Sweat Lodge. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I had these stories, and I uh, by the time I was like, I think I was in my mid twenties, um, I pitched to the Canada Council for the Arts, uh, putting it into like a, a collection. So they gave me a grant to do that, and then uh, I sort of revised the stories and excuse me, linked them all together, and then uh, yeah, pitched it to a publisher a few years later. So that's. That's great. So that sort of came to be. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. And, and what about your second book? The second uh, book, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's uh, I guess, drawn from a lot of the same things or issues, I guess. But it's, it's entirely like Midnight Swell Edge is all fiction, except for one story that's mostly based on something real that happened. Right. Um, but Legacy is, uh, is a novel that's based in a fictional community. That I pictured probably like pretty close to certain Serpent River, like okay, yeah. sort of like it's based on that Highway 17 corridor between sure. Sudbury and Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. Okay. So that one's about a, a family that um, that endures a, you know a couple of really devastating tragedies right after one right after the other, and um, what they do is each of the siblings tries to find ways to to move beyond or not move beyond, but sort of um, you know heal, get you know yeah. deal with that tragedy, I guess. And, uh, you know, some of the issues that come into play are like, obviously, uh, urbanization, like leaving the community, um, you know, uh, reclaiming identity and ceremony and that kind of thing and contending with abuse and that kind of thing. Right. So, so yeah, it's just about this family that's uh, trying to overcome some of those historic difficulties, I guess you could say. Okay. Very cool. And that's been out for about, about six months, you were saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so what do you do to promote uh, a book like that? Um, social media helps a lot. Yeah. It's like free, a free outlet to, 
you know, but you, you have to you use it sparingly, I think. Right. Like, yeah, you can't beat yeah. people over the head with it, <laughs> or else they're just going to tune it out. Yeah, yeah. that's it. For sure. um, but I've had some pretty cool opportunities to do readings, like, in, in Toronto and, and oh, here in Ottawa yeah. and Montreal. And I'll be going out west uh, in the summertime to do a few Very in BC. Cool. Yeah. yeah, so it's cool. I mean, you know, word of mouth spreads. And, uh, you know, there there is, like, a... A small but growing appetite for indigenous fiction, I guess, and okay. you know that legacy falls in into that category. I think right. somewhat nicely, so yeah. which draws from truths, but it's not necessarily yeah. a true story. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny. I did this one uh, this one reading in in my hometown, like in Perry Sound, yeah. and uh, some somebody had read it, and they're like, "So is, is this your political manifesto?" They're <laughs> 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 like, "No." Uh, why do you think that? And I guess it is a little political, but only, only in really drawing on the the common experience of indigenous people, right? Sure, like right. it's yeah. you 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 have to be political no matter what. Sure. Mm-hmm. You have to to really understand what the history of Canada yeah. is when it comes to your background. That makes right? sense. Sure. So, as someone who isn't uh, trained as a, a writer, like a classic author, do you find people who maybe read a lot of books misinterpret what you say or? Or kind of take stuff out of your book that was not necessarily intentional? Kind of uh, like that? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think people see things that maybe I didn't, right. which, which okay. is kind of cool. Like on the, yeah. on the positive side, um, I mean, on the more critical side, it's like, okay, you know, people will give me constructive criticism on yeah. how to better write things, which right. is good because, uh, you know, I never learned how to write a novel. Like, uh-huh, I didn't yeah. have any sort of creative writing training or anything like that. So. Hmm. So yeah, it's, it's it's fun to yeah. it's like a learning process every step of the way. Very cool, which is cool. Great. And do you have other stuff in the works now? Do you have a third book? Yeah, yeah. I uh, well, I, I did, you know find, finding time to work uh, to write story is always a challenge with with work. Right. That's yeah, right. but it's not even your job. That's so crazy. Yeah, that's that you, it. you have like a super Honest cool thought. job and then sure just writing career. Oh, yeah. nice. well, it's, it's, <laughs> Well, it's something I always wanted to try. It's yeah, something I always wanted sure. to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I do have a couple. Like, I have an idea for a novel and another idea for a collection of short stories. And I'm, I'm sort of like uh, debating what to go with right, right now. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. Like it's like the the, the collection of short stories I want to do is is <laughs> is based on like being half indigenous and half non-indigenous, right? Which is like my mom's like Canadian, mm. and uh, like she's from Perry Sound, and my dad's from from the Res. Like, I okay. can't believe I didn't mention that off the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a huge part it's of my background, part, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so I want to write a collection of stories based on, on that because yeah. there's so many, like, there's so many mixed marriages happening these days. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I think it's I think it's a good way to move forward in Canada anyway. Like, yeah. I, I see myself, I don't see myself, but I see people like me as, as bridges, I guess, you know, yeah. bringing families and yeah, communities definitely. and cultures together. Understood, yeah. Which is, yeah. So, yeah, I want to try to focus on something like that. Great. We'll see. Very neat. Cool. You guys want to do a speed round? Speed round. Yeah, All right. For a drink of water. Our favorite. Yeah, there yeah. <laughs> In case you don't, I've never heard the phrase speed round. Uh, speed round is where we grill our guest with some questions, some lighthearted some deadly serious. Uh-oh. And you have to figure out which one. No. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it would be... Some people get too committed to their answers, but don't... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You don't have to overthink it. Very, very silly <laughs> segment. Yeah. So, it's two minutes. Okay. Just for the record. And uh, here we go. Uh, so, what is your favorite band right now? Probably Queens of the Stone Age. Did I, did I read that you make your own drum? I do. I can make my own drum. Yeah. yeah. I, I learned from my dad. He's been doing it for a while, so... Cool. That's neat. Best type of sandwich. Best uh, club sandwich. Oh, yeah. Uh, least favorite kind of sandwich, because that's a tricky one. Okay. I, I have a least favorite. Least favorite? Uh, just cheese. Yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> uh, which of us would you uh, would you least want to encounter in a dark alley? Uh, well, I know he does martial arts, <laughs> yeah. so... Pro- there you go. So, Keegan? Uh, yeah, Keegan, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Uh, your next travel destination. Next travel destination, uh, Toronto in a couple weeks for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Cool. What's the coolest thing you've experienced working for CBC? Coolest thing I've experienced? Probably when Idle No More was happening here in Ottawa a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Seeing a right. whole bunch of powwow drums going down Wellington Street. That was pretty neat. Yeah, awesome. that's cool. Mm-hmm. 
Um, if you could describe Winnipeg in one word, what would it be? Friendly. Ah. Honestly, not cold. I won't uh, fall back. <laughs> okay. That's not for sure. Gimme. <laughs> what would you never do? Oh, what on, would man. I never do? That's my favorite question. Oh, jeez. It's the uh, worst question. Probably streak along the canal in the wintertime. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I assume you follow hockey. What's your NHL team? The Leafs, for All sure. Right, okay, cool. yeah. How do you feel about the Leafs this season? Terrible. Yeah. Embarrassing. <laughs> Same thing. Yeah, man. just brutal. <laughs> you could, if you had to train a different martial art besides jiu-jitsu, what would you do? Oh, good question. Probably Muay Thai, just because yeah. I oh. see it so much. Right. Yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah, it looks really cool, yeah. for sure. D- does anyone giggle when an adult oh, says BJJ? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Yeah, or I'll say... Everyone does it. Yeah, everybody does. Right. Even if I text someone's like, oh, there's an extra J there. It's like, oh... Heard that joke. Hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's time. That's time? Oh, okay. Very awesome. Uh, that, was, that was pretty painless. So, yeah, we're never too intimidating when we do this. No, I like to no. think we're not tim- intimidating at all. But there were times uh, earlier on when every question was like, what's your favorite this? Yeah. What's your favorite that? We had people legit- yeah. who legitimately said, like, don't say favorite. And, like, we had people who emailed us afterwards and yeah. was like, oh, that wasn't my favorite thing. I said it wrong. <laughs> Tell the world. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, I think uh, we're that's, running on time. That's where the what you would, what would you never do yeah. comes in. It, it Keegan trying to get rid of the favorite. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think we were pretty good this time. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah. yeah good. I, I enjoyed that. Yeah, cool. Well, that's the show. We want to thank Wob again for being on the show. It was super, super interesting. Um, Oh, what would you like to to promote? Oh, sure, yeah. I just want to say thanks a lot, guys, for having me. It was a huge honor to be here with you. It was a lot of fun. It was a really uh, cool conversation. And, uh, yeah, you made me feel very welcome and very at ease. So I can't wait to hear uh, how I sound on the air. Yeah, that's going to be cool. (laughs) I'm excited to hear this episode. We're leaving it right now. (laughs) Yeah, if if I'm able to plug anything, uh, my latest novel, Legacy, is out on Thetis Books. Uh, You can get it online. If you want to get it in Ottawa, it's either at... uh, Perfect Books on Algin or Octopus Books here on Bank. Yeah. I'm sure another couple of stores have it, but those are the go-tos I usually okay. like to mention. Okay. Uh, yeah, and my website is wab.ca, W-A-U-B.ca. I try to update it uh, with blog posts here and there. Okay. On Facebook, you can just find me as Wab Gisha Grace from my author page. I have a personal page, too. Um, Twitter, I'm at Wab, W-A-U-B. And wow. uh, I should uh, promote uh, CBC Ottawa because yes. okay. uh, we talked so much about uh, my day job and they're very supportive. So to go uh, online, you can find them at cbc.ca slash Ottawa. Great. Great. And we'll link all that on our website. Yeah. And what is our website, uh, King? Our website is ottawapodcast.com. Perfect. Definitively. <laughs> we're also on Facebook. We're on Twitter. Yeah, um, just send us a message or tell us what you like or what you don't like about us yep. in yeah. general. <laughs> sure. We definitely want a lot of criticism about yeah. Keegan. I, like, I like criticism. <laughs> I absorb I, I, it. I got a compliment on, uh, I think it was a sticker radio uh, yeah. comment section. So that was, uh, that was nice. I did. Oh, what? You got a comment I got, about me? I got, no, I got a compliment, sorry. About me? Nope. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. Nothing's about you. Uh, yeah, so tell your friends. We're on Citra Radio. We're on uh, uh, iTunes. Yep. And uh, Rob, uh, sponsored by Audible? Yeah, we are brought to you in part by Audible.com today. So uh, if you head to audible.ottawapodcast.com, uh, they will give you a 30-day free trial, and they will give you a free audiobook to start. Uh and it helps support the show. Great. Okay. Uh, and to end the show, we would like to ask our, our esteemed guest uh, to say Ottawa, any way you like. Ottawa? 